Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 36 of Revelation chapter 3. And we're presently reading in verse 19, which says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, God is, again, addressing the New Testament churches and congregations, specifically the church of Laodicea of the first century. But what he's saying to them has application to the churches throughout the nearly 2,000 years of the church age. And he is speaking to individuals within the churches and congregations when he makes this statement that as many as he loves, he rebukes and chastens. But he's also, we could say, speaking to the church itself. In in one sense, this could have some application to the church as the church generally comes under the care of God and and God would have them to do what he would have an individual to do as far as repenting and turning from sin. And God could chasten congregations um, at times. But I would say primarily that this has application to the individual true believer and to us today, too. This is a true statement of God to the child of God to anyone that he loves, and he loves his people, as many as I love. And that means to those that the Lord Jesus Christ has died for, that God first has loved. Before those elect people did anything, before they were even born, God demonstrated his love towards them by uh, taking their sins upon himself and paying the penalty for them, dying for his people's sins. And this was a tremendous demonstration of the love of God. And the Bible tells us because he first loved us, we love him. And, and this is, uh, sure to be the response of a person once God has applied the blood of Christ to a sinner and has redeemed them and they have a new born-again resurrected soul, all a result of the love of God towards them, then that man or woman will respond in kind and will love God. And the Lord Jesus told us, if you love me, Keep my commandments. This is why the true believer has an ongoing desire to do the will of God, to keep his commandments. We love him because of the love that he first bestowed upon us. And God says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Now, the word rebuke, let's first look at this. Um, here in this verse, we read the word rebuke and we tend to think, well, this is when somebody is doing something wrong and you correct them. And actually, that is somewhat of the idea of the word rebuke. The word rebuke means 
according to the biblical definition, which we'll see in just a minute, the word rebuke means to be convicted or convinced by the word of God of sin. To to be corrected, yes, that is involved. For instance, in John chapter 3, in verse 20, we read, For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deed should be reproved. And the uh, word reproved is a translation of the same Greek word that's translated as rebuke. And this is telling us that the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the personification of the word, is the light. And everyone that does evil, and who does evil? Well, all men do evil. Everyone does evil. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And and mankind naturally hates the light. He hates the word of God because the word of God shines truth into the darkness of this world. And what does that light do? It reproves him. It it shows a man that he is wrong, that he is a sinner, that he has transgressed God's law, that he is guilty of sin. Just think of um, just anywhere you turn on the pages of the Bible and the things you read. Thou shalt not kill. Well, that reproves certain men. Thou shalt not steal. That reproves a good number of other men. Uh, the Bible doesn't put it this way, but basically, thou shalt not lie. It were not to lie. This reproves every man. And on and on it goes. Law after law shines the light into the world. And with each uh, declaration of the word of God, mankind is reproved of his sin. His sin is exposed and shown his his deeds are shown to be evil and and this is what god's rebuke does you know god says as many as i love i rebuke or i reprove and he does this to all of his elect well god calls many but the problem is that uh, many that are non-elect they're not um predestinated to salvation from the foundation of the world they will not abide in the light. They'll not be steadfast. They'll, they'll try to escape the exposure and they'll flee from the light of God in one way or another. And uh, yet the child of God continues in the truth of the word of God. Now that this word is also found in John chapter eight in the account of the woman caught uh, in adultery, and Jesus was stooping down and writing on the ground, and in all probability he was writing the Ten Commandments. But since he is the Word, whatever he was writing was the law of God. And we read in verse 9 of John chapter 8, And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. Now, the the Greek word um, 
that is translated as rebuke here is translated as convicted. The things that Christ was writing, the law of God, we can definitely say that, convicted them, and especially as Jesus himself said uh, in, in the previous verse, let him that is without sin among you first cast the stone at her. And and this, plus the things he was writing on the ground, they shine the light into the hearts of these men, which convicted them and reproved them. It was a rebuke to them, certainly, because of what they were doing in in trying to bring this woman to judgment before the Lord. And yet they themselves also were sinners. And they were in no position at all to point the finger at anyone. And neither any of us, none of us, are judges of other men, of our fellow man. But only God is judged. There is one lawgiver and judge. Well, this word also is found in John chapter 16. And in John 16, it says... In verse 8 of the Holy Spirit, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So we see that this is really what the Word of God does, what the Bible does, what the Spirit of God does through his Word. He rebukes, he reproves, he convicts individuals of their sin. All right, let's go back to our verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Now, here God is using a word that we're very familiar with. We understand chastisement, and God is uh, referring to those that he loves. Uh, the best place to read about this, the chastisement of the Lord, is probably in Hebrews chapter 12. And here God also uses that word, rebuke, the same Greek word in verse 5. But we'll start reading in verse 3 of Hebrews 12. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. 
Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And and I'll stop reading there. We We could continue. But here the Lord is going into detail concerning chastisement. And he is laying out some very important principles, biblical principles, that we ought to be aware of. Number one is do not despise the chastening of the Lord, and nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. That is, when God applies the rod to us, and if um, you're a parent, a mother or a father, and and your children have done something wrong, well, God instructs the parent to chastise the children. And this can take many forms. Uh, you You might spank them. You might withhold something they enjoy from them. Uh, you, you could keep them in the house and they're not allowed out. But whatever you do, of course, the parent is not to do it in anger. Uh, it's always done out of love, out of concern, out of a desire to correct the, the little boy or girl in order that they not continue to do the wrong that they did. And and so um, we ourselves are also corrected by God in a similar way when we become his children, when he saves us and he makes us one of his children. We're a, a son or a daughter of God. Then God sees our wrongdoings. And yes, we can still do wrong even after salvation and God will correct us. As a matter of fact, he says in verse 6 of Hebrews 12, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And and this is another uh, good thing for us to learn and to keep in mind. And it's one reason why we shouldn't despise his chastisement, that this is done... Because God loves us, not because he hates us, not because um, he He seeks to harm us or injure us, not because he takes some sort of perverse satisfaction in, in putting his hand upon us and correcting us. But the reason is, the reason God chastens the child of God is love. And, and that's the only reason God gives for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And he also says that if we're without chastisement, then, then we're not his son. And, and that lets us know that people of the world, unsaved individuals, may escape chastisement. They're not in trouble as other men, is basically what Psalm 73 was saying. And I think it had chastisement in view. The child of God experiences that kind of trouble. We we do receive the rod, and God can apply that rod in just so many ways. Uh, he can 
chasing us financially, chasing us emotionally, chasing us through circumstances. We could have car accidents chasing us through our health or lack of health. He can uh, chasten us through uh, personal relationships. He can chasten us through individuals that are just hired at work or or others that uh, we just don't seem to be able to get along with and and on and on and on there are so many ways that God can chasten us and what each one of us really should be praying is oh Lord help me not to despise your chastening hand uh, I see that I am being corrected. Help me to be thankful and to accept your chastisement and to receive your correction and not to try and come out from under it. You know, if sometimes when you, you spank a boy and, and he's squirming and he, he wants to get away because it's, it's uncomfortable. And he'd, he'd rather, um, not be spanked, of course. And, and that God even recognizes that when he says here in verse 11, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. It's a grievous thing. It's a difficult thing. It's a hard thing to go through a chastisement, but the Lord would have us to do so. Now we can picture uh, a young boy squirming, trying to get away from a spanking. But how does God spank us spiritually? Let me put that another way. How can we get out from God's chastisement spiritually? Well, uh, the Lord gives us some information concerning this in Job, in chapter 34. In verse 31, it says, Surely it is meet to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement. I will not offend any more. You see, why are we being chastised? Well, because of our sin. We've done something wrong. We, we've gone contrary to the word of God. We're playing around with a sin. God, our Father, um, knows that's bad for us, knows that, uh, that that's a terrible thing. And just like an earthly father, he corrects us. And the chastisement is to lead us away, to teach us that we ought not to commit that sin anymore. And and that is what it is to bear chastisement, uh, to, as it says here, having borne chastisement, I will not offend anymore. Now, what if, though, we go back to the sin and we do offend again? That means we have not borne chastisement and we have slipped away and eventually we'll have to be corrected again. Well, let's look at this particular Greek word a little bit here in Hebrews 12, where in verse Five, it says, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord. That word chastening is Strong's number 3809. And this same Greek word is found four times in this passage. In verse seven, if ye endure 
chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. Verse 8, but if he be without chastisement. And then verse 11, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous. Those are four places this word is found. That word is only uh, used six times in the New Testament. And it's found uh, two other times. And it's not translated as chastisement in either of those places. The other place that this word is used is in Ephesians chapter 6. And it's found in the context that has to do with, uh, we would think, with chastisement. In Ephesians 6 verse 1, children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, as God gives this commandment to children, well, like many of God's commandments, it has a deeper meaning. And what God is saying here applies to each one of us as children of God. Obey your parents. The word of God. Obey the Father. Obey the commandments of God. Honor thy father and mother, in verse 2, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word nurture is the word chasten. And, and here God is uh, speaking to fathers. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in chastisement and admonition of the Lord. Make sure to correct your children to the earthly father. And this is also speaking to us as we see God as the father that does correct his children. And the other place it's found, this word is also found in Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now the word here, translated as instruction is the same Greek word that four times in Hebrews 12 is translated as chastening or chastisement. And, you know, this, this is a very interesting thing. All scripture, and that would be the Bible, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and we Saul, what God said earlier, as many as I love, I rebuke. And that word was translated as reprove in some places. For correction, for instruction, or for chastisement in righteousness. And this this basically is telling us that the word of God is in itself a form of chastisement. And how can that be? That That's a difficult thing to understand. Well, uh, not when we realize that as we read the Bible, first of all, it reproves us, it convicts us, and it may 
chasten us because when God has given us his spirit and, and we're going contrary to that spirit, when we're doing things that are um, out of line, we've gone astray in a matter. Well, it's the word of God that God uses to reprove us and show us and and also it, it can grieve us, it can trouble us uh, when we have been unfaithful, when we have uh, done something that is wrong. And and so the, the Bible itself is a form of chastisement to the child of God. 